developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Today's episode is brought to you by Dry Farm Wines. Dry Farm Wines sources wine to the highest standards of quality and purity. While most wines sold today are commercially produced and full of sugar, they can also include up to 70 plus FDA approved additives. Dry Farm Wines, however, sources real wine naturally grown from small family farms that use heritage winemaking practices. Because they care about what they consume, they lab test every wine and only source wines that meet a strict set of criteria. Every bottle is organically and biodynamically grown, lower in alcohol, no sugar, lower in sulfites, dry farmed with no irrigation, Fermented with 100% native non-GMO yeast, free of additives, and friendly to both keto and paleo diets. Dry Farm Wines is offering listeners of This Unmillennial Life an opportunity to receive an additional penny bottle, so an extra bottle for a penny when they get their first shipment at dryfarmwines.com slash unmillennial. That's dryfarmwines.com slash unmillennial. If your skin doesn't know whether to break out a wrinkle, if you're caught between planning the third grade class party and researching retirement plans, or if you want to work out but the idea of CrossFit makes your 40-something knees ache, you've come to the right place. Welcome to This Unmillennial Life. I'm your host, Reagan Jones, and welcome to today's show. If you've been around the podcast since season one, you may recall that in episode number 13, I featured Liz Ward in the caregiver episode. Liz was open to share with us and be very transparent what it was like to care for her mother in the latter part of her life. Today's episode has a little bit of difference to that episode and a little bit of similarity, but a lot of uniqueness in the community that my guests, Mike and Kim Barnes, have built where people can discuss and support one another on this topic of aging parents, caring for aging parents, parenting aging parents. Now, Kim and Mike will tell you a little bit about their story. I can tell you up front, they are excellent guests 
to interview because they have a wonderful story about their broadcast experience over the years. So it's going to be a pleasure for you to listen to this episode. There was virtually no editing needed because they were such great guests. But beyond just their uh, professionalism and their their career in media, I, I commend both of them for what they are doing in terms of taking what they've been through and experienced parenting their aging parents and then turning it into something that's a helpful resource for people like me and you. You're going to hear them talk about not only their website, Parenting Aging Parents, and some of the interviews that they do there and some of the resources that they have, but also their Facebook group, which I know many of you that listen to this podcast are active members of Facebook, or at least you were. I know some of us are uh, maybe softening our approach on some of these social media sites. But if you're still on Facebook and you find Facebook to be a helpful place to commune with others, so to speak, their group is Parenting Aging Parents on Facebook. You'll hear us mention that a couple of different times in the podcast episode. And of course, I will place a link in the show notes to both their website, the Facebook group, and I'll go ahead and place a link to the Liz Ward episode. So you can go back and listen to that if you are relatively new to the show or if you've been around for a long time and just want to listen to it again. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Let's jump into this episode. Mike and Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. Well, this is a first for me. I have to tell you, this is the first time in all these years of doing this podcast that I have interviewed two guests at one time. So congratulations <laughs> for yes. the, the opportunity to make history. Yes, on this millennial life. Um, but I appreciate you guys doing it. And you guys are such an amazing team. I mean, I've been newly introduced to the vibrant community that you have at uh, facebook.com slash group slash parenting aging parents. And you're going to talk about that more. But before um, I ask any questions about our topic today, let people know a little bit more about about who you guys are so that we can kind of go into why this topic about parenting aging parents is something that you're so passionate about. Well, we have had a longtime career in television. I was a reporter and anchor for a long time. And even after leaving the newsroom, continued to do corporate videos, voiceover and that kind of thing. I uh, have a company that does on-camera training and, and, and virtual communication training uh, to be able to use that experience. But we are also in our 50s and have parents who are needing more assistance and help over the last several years and just really decided that this is something that we can use our experience as journalists to be able to help other people. Yeah, I was a sportscaster for 30 years, and when I left the, the newsroom and, and teamed up with Kim to, to do that business, we realized as we started to do the Parenting Aging Parents that besides just opening up a Facebook group, which you know anybody can do and lots of people do, we could also add our expertise not only as having aging parents, but the fact that we've interviewed thousands of people in our careers as journalists so that, that we can interview experts to not necessarily give you the exact answer because everyone is different as we're going to talk about the fact that everyone has different personalities and different dynamics and different financial situations. But just talking to an attorney about wills or power of attorneys or talking to someone in the financial field about Medicare or Medicaid or estate planning or anything like that, it gives you an idea about, oh, what do I need to do and who should I talk to around me, friends or family or professionals that can give me the the best advice for my exact situation. 
Oh, I love that. I have to stop there and say that just the way you describe that, because you guys are old school journalists. I'm just going to say it. You're old school like me. Like me. Um, I started out my career in the magazine world, which is maybe not as hard, hard hitting news as uh, your business was. But what you said there in terms of everybody's different and you're uncovering information for people to make, you know, decisions based on what's right for them and and all the, the facts that they have. I love that because I, oh gosh, sometimes feel like uh, that's not always the way that things are approached these days. So good for you. I commend you both on that. So let's, let's kind of transition then into uncovering some of this information for my unmillennial audience. I think the best place to start is to really um, just kind of evaluate what the hardest part was for you guys about wanting to do a good job, you know, balancing, taking care of parents um, while working, parenting your own kids. Like I know that is something that was a challenge for you. And I'd love for you to share that with my audience. We are the sandwich generation, as I'm sure many of your listeners are as well, where we have, you know, kids, fortunately, our kids are now a little bit older and, and out of college, but we're still in high school when some of this stuff started happening and, and really figuring out how do we balance, you know, taking care of our, our kids, but also then getting phone calls from our, from my mom you know, asking about whatever it is or getting scammed or having situations mm-hmm. where we're needing to step in and help her with medical challenges or things like that. And so I, I think that that's where, it, that, that, that's what's hard is that you're trying to balance all of, okay, I want my kids to get the, the attention they need. I need, I want my parents, of course, to get the attention that they need. And oh, by the way, I am working and I need to be, you know, be paying yeah. the mortgage at the same time. And how do you, how do you balance that? And I think that's been a challenge and not one that I necessarily do well, uh, balancing it all, um, on a daily basis, because a lot of times we end up letting the things that we need to do for ourselves, like self-care things like that. Oh, I need to go to the, Oh, I need to remember to you know go to the eye doctor myself. You know, I've made sure my mom's gone and my kids have gone, but I forget to go myself. So I think it's, it's just figuring out how do you balance all of that together? And one of the best things about the sandwich generation, if you have the dynamics in your family to allow it, is that you can get your kids to help out with your parents. Mm -hmm. In our case, nothing that major, but in our case, my dad is always having some type of technical issue, whether it's with his iPhone, his iPad, or his computer. And so many times I get on the phone, or if he's here at the house, with my son and said, Brandon, talk to Cubby. He's got got some problems. Can you help him out? And, And he does. And it, it just makes things a lot easier for me and frees me up to do other things that that maybe I need to do. But but one of the one of the biggest things I think about the our generation is the fact that it's so easy to get so overwhelmed with all the things that are going on, either with our kids or with our parents or a combination of both. Because you know our, our kids, we have a, a child who has recently bought a house. We have a child who's deciding to move to New York to to get a job there. Meanwhile, having to deal with parents who have gone through uh, different types of surgeries and going through different types of moving to memory care or different types of situations, it's, it can be so, so, so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And if you, can, if you can plan ahead just a little bit so that you have all the things taken care of, so to speak, you, you, you can't be in you can't ready. plan for everything. Yeah, you can't be ready for everything. But if you can plan ahead just a little bit so that some of those conversations are already done and taken care of, then all you can do is focus on, all you have to do is focus on the problem, focus on the situation or the crisis at hand. Let's talk about that planning ahead. Let's talk about those conversations. Cause I just know from my own experience, 
uh, and those of others that I've talked to even in a previous episode that we had on this topic, that always comes back as one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest struggles, because it's such a juxtaposition from how you've, you've lived your whole life where your parents have parented you and have been your kind of guiding light. And you find yourself in a position to need to, you know, kind of address things in my, you know, again, here, I'm speaking from my own experience, address things that haven't happened yet. And I think we have this tendency, or at least I have this tendency to not want to voice them into the universe and think that they are going to come to fruition. Uh, But, but practically knowing, Hey, this needs to be, this needs to be planned for. So walk us through what that looks like, best practices, and, you know, kind of how to handle that. They are, can be really tough conversations to have because if our parents don't want to address it or don't want to talk about it, that puts us in, it puts it in a much more difficult position for us. You know, if you can start having these conversations in some ways as, you know, when they're not necessary, then it's kind of like, hey, just curious, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to get sick, what kind of care would you, would you prefer? Would you want to stay in your house? Would you be open to, you know, living in an independent living or assisted living where they have activities all the time and there are people that cook for you, you know, so if you can have those conversations um, when they're not in a crisis, it certainly can make it a little bit easier and helping your parents just see that, you know, we just want to be prepared. You know, hopefully we won't ever need to invoke a power of attorney, for instance, but we just want to make sure that we are prepared if we need to step in to, to step in and help. And in some ways it's finding out what your parents are visualizing for some of these things. Because when my sister and I first started talking to my dad, as my mom's Alzheimer's was getting worse and said, you know, dad, I think you and mom need to move into independent living. You know, in his mind, he's picturing the nursing home that my grandfather lived in for his last couple of years of life back in the eighties. And it's completely different. The nursing home compared to independent living night Mm -hmm. and day, but that that's what he first visualized. So he was a little reluctant at first until he started looking at a couple of places and we started talking about it and he realized, Oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think this might work. And then two months after the move in, he's on the phone with me saying, son, this is the best move we've ever done. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, yeah. See. And I think some of it is also trying to see it a little bit from their perspective. They don't want to be in a position where they're not independent anymore. Sure. They don't necessarily want you to be having to get out, get all in their business about, you know, their finances and, yeah. and, and all of their legal challenges. But the more we can, one, help them see that it's a gift they can give to us mm-hmm. to, to make it easier for us to be able to help when we, if we need to, when we need to, mm-hmm. but also that we're not trying to take over their bank accounts right today. I mean, or, or those kinds of things, but just being able to have those pictures. And we, as we've been talking about these, we've, we've kind of come up with sort of five areas that are really important. We think to be able to, to, to start this, to start this process. And number one kind of sounds funny, but it's siblings and making sure that you're on the same page with all of your brothers and sisters. Yeah. When you have different family dynamics and personalities and birth order, and some of it's who lives closest to mom or dad, who lives really far away, you know, all of those things. But the more that you can have an idea and be on the same page so that you can help make decisions and that you don't have one sibling. I was talking to a girl who is part of our Facebook group just yesterday. And she just said, you know, I've called a sibling meeting. No spouses are allowed. It's just the three of us because we need to talk about these things because my brother isn't wanting to admit that these things are happening with our parents and we Mm -hmm. need to address that. So just really being on the same page and, and, and playing to the strengths of, of what you're good at and what your brother or sister might be good at can be really helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Number two, number two is housing. 
because you've got to talk ahead of time about where do y'all want to live someday? I mean, do you always want to stay in the house? Do you want, do you want to live with us? Do you want to live in an independent living place? What's your vision of where you're going to live as you get older? And even maybe what you're open to that in yeah. the situation where you don't have the finances to have 24 seven care at home, sure. would you be open to these kinds of things? So I think it's just having those conversations ahead of time, as far as what they would, what would be their preferences? Yeah. And what ties into that is number three, which is finances. What can they afford? And, you know, depending on your family dynamics, my dad was an accountant growing up and he was so, 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 I can't emphasize enough, so <laughs> private about money. Yeah. I had no idea how much money he made, how much money our family had. I didn't know because he didn't let us know. But now he's very open about it and give, gives my sister and me a quarterly statement showing to the penny of what he has. Mm -hmm. But so you don't have to go to that extreme, but you need to know, have a, a little bit of an idea about how much savings mom and dad have and how much income they get a month, whether it's through social security or pension or because of 401k or whatever it is, but what can they afford so that you have some idea? So you're not saying, Oh, you need to go to this independent living place. That's $5,000 a month. That should be fine. And you realize, Oh, you only have $2,000 to spend a month. I guess that yeah. won't work. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that sometimes too, we hear people in our group talk about that, you know, should I dig into my 401k because my parents need their care? And, you know, some of those things are really tough decisions to make, but that's a hard one, right? Because if you take out of your 401k, mm -hmm. then what's going to happen when you need care? You, you may be doing the same thing to your own kids. So, you know, just having those conversations and then certainly legal, this is a great example of one of those things that if you don't, if you wait until you need it, it's too late. Mm -hmm. If you are, if you have a parent that's been deemed as incapacitated, they can't sign a will. If, if you have a parent who is unconscious, they can't, you know, they can't sign a medical uh, power, power of attorney. attorney. So having just those legal documentations, all those legal documents in place can make such a huge difference. And I think it scares some parents to, to sign, especially a power of attorney, because we, we've had some people in our group who said, our parents don't want to do that because they think they're giving up everything to us. Like, oh, you're taking over our bank account. You're taking over everything. It's like, no, that doesn't have to happen. In fact, if mom and dad want to keep that power of attorney locked in their safe until time being, and if something happens, then you go open the safe and you can invoke it, that's great. But just so you're prepared ahead of time, because when that crisis hits, you don't want to have to worry about that. So that's number four. And number five sounds so silly. But in this day and age, it's passwords. You yeah. Have to know wow. Yeah. You need to know what their iPhone password is, their computer password, their email password. Because, again, if something happens and they aren't able to do anything, what do you do? You know, if all their if all of their bills come via email and they pay everything on their computer, mm -hmm. you've got to be in there. Otherwise, it's going to be such a headache. Mm -hmm. Gosh, Just that's a really good one. Like, how, how have I not even thought of that? But you're right. That is that's important. Mm -hmm. uh, on an iPhone, there is a feature that you can, there's a legacy feature so that there is a way now that hasn't always been possible where you can go in and make it so that somebody else could potentially unlock your phone for you because you know, in the past, if you hmm. called Apple and just said, Hey, I can't get into my parents' iPhone. Sorry. You know, <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> and so that information is all locked up tight. 
Yeah, that's super surprising. I hadn't even thought about that. I don't know why I hadn't thought about that, but good information. Uh, and I appreciate you going through that entire list. The thing that kind of jumped out at me as you were talking, I mean, you guys have so much knowledge and have clearly, clearly been able to um, not only develop a lot of wisdom on this topic, you know, just through your, your own lived experience, but through the, all the people that are in your group and, and challenges that they have gone through. But what has been the biggest surprise? Uh, on this, this whole area of parenting, aging parents, what's been the biggest surprise to you? I think it's the fact that nobody talks about it. And so that was something that we had kind of noticed when we started having these situations where, you know, Mike, they were starting to look into memory care for Mike's mom. My mom has been scammed so many times. It's hard to keep track of, you know, those kinds of things. And what I realized is that even when I've been with some of my closest friends, I didn't know that one of my friend's moms has Parkinson's. I didn't know another one has, her mom had brain surgery because it's just not something that we think other people want to talk about or that they could relate to. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that we have, that we really thought that we could provide by creating the Facebook group and creating this community is giving people a safe place to talk and mainly just so that they don't feel alone. Because if you, what, what's been so interesting is that if you ask, you know, if you're sitting in a group of people at, at dinner or whatever, that's around, you know, a similar age and you just bring up the discussion of, yeah, you know, we're having some challenges, you know, mom's thinking about moving to independent living. Almost everybody has a story, whether it's a current situation that they're going through, it's what they saw their parents doing with one of their, one of your grandparents, you know, an aunt and uncle, whatever. Everybody has a story about it. And yet we don't know about it because we don't talk about it. I like to compare it to having a baby because when you have a baby, the first baby, you have no idea what you're doing, or at least we didn't. Back in 1997, we had our first baby and we knew how to change a diaper. And otherwise, did we you had know how to change a diaper? I don't even know if you knew how. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure my husband still knows how to. My oldest is 15, but that's a that's a topic for another day. <laughs> but but otherwise, you're asking your parents, you're asking your neighbors, you're asking your relatives, you're asking your friends, you're asking your coworkers, all kinds of advice. Like, you know, what do I do? I don't know. Brandon is up in the middle of the night and and he's not sleeping. What do we do? Oh, we'll do this and do this and do this. Oh, okay, I'll try that. Brandon's still not walking. What do we do? Oh, try this and try this and try this. You're always looking for advice. You're always getting advice, even if it's unwarranted. And people just like to talk about it because usually it's such good news. You're, yeah. you're able to watch that baby grow up and, and you get to celebrate the, the teething and celebrate the All walking the and celebrate, celebrate everything that's going on. And it's very similar because you've never been through this usually about watching your parent age and age and age and and deteriorate in some ways physically and or mentally but you don't like to talk about it because you don't like to walk up to the neighbor as opposed to walk up to the neighbor and said yeah i'm so excited because brandon's taking his first steps this is so fun you don't walk up and say yeah mom's got incontinence i don't know about yeah. you but it's not very very much fun yeah you just don't talk about it because it, it's uncomfortable it's embarrassing and it, again like kim said it makes you feel so alone and that's mm -hmm. what we're seeing so much in our group is that people get there and they're like oh my goodness thank goodness that i'm here because i have someone to talk to i have a community mm -hmm. and it makes me feel so much better what a wonderful thing you have done through not only just taking your experience and being willing to share your learning with other people, but pulling this group together. Uh, tell people more about the group. I mean, I think you, uh, last time I checked, you have uh, nearly maybe 3,000 members in that group. Do I have that right? 
Yeah. 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 It is, it is something that we just really frankly started a little bit as just an experiment to see Mm -hmm. if we put this out there, are people interested in talking? And as we quickly saw, you know, dozens and then hundreds and then thousands of people, I think it's just a great, um, it it just, it, it, it reinforces the fact that people don't feel like they have a safe place to talk about this. And it's not that it just, they don't necessarily think that we have people that can relate to it in our, in our regular lives. When the truth is you probably do, because they're they're probably your coworkers are going through similar things, your neighbors, uh, your friends, but this just really creates a, a place where people can one share insights from their personal experiences. You know, frankly, when I've learned things like, "Oh, did you know there's a legacy thing on your iPhone?" Well, you want to tell other people about that because yeah. you figured that out. When when we've come up with ideas of ways to protect my mom from getting scammed again, I want to help people, other people who may be in that situation. I want to help them prevent that from their parents. And mm-hmm. so, it's a great opportunity to be able to share one what we've learned along the way, all of us as well as being able to ask questions or get insight like, hey, this is kind of what's going on. Does this seem really kind of crazy? Or somebody just you know, yesterday was saying, hey, my mom got us a, a phone call about her Medicare plan. Is that legitimate? Should I, should I listen to somebody who calls me or should I actually uh, you know, instigate the call? You know, those kinds of things. And so um, it's, it's so much about being able to share experiences, get insight, and be able to ask those questions that you may not feel like that you have a, pl- a safe place to be able to ask those and not feel judged also. I mean, it's a very supportive community. And, you know, like Kim mentioned about a lot of people feeling alone in the group because you don't like to talk about it. There's not people around you to, to discuss this with. So as you're going through the, the parenting your parents stage of life, you, you do feel alone. And I understand that, but I, I didn't really have that problem because uh, Kim and I talked about it all the time as my parents and Kim's mom were going through different things. So, mm-hmm. so we discussed it a lot. And I talked with my sister all the time as we're trying to figure out what to do with mom and dad to get them to move into independent living. And then as my mom's Alzheimer's getting worse, you know, we need to move her into memory care. How do we approach dad about it? What do we talk about? You know, we had each other to bounce ideas back and forth on. So I didn't feel as much alone as much as after we started the process of moving my mom, or it was about a two-year process before she finally moved, but when my sister and I looked at four memory care places near where my mom and dad lived, because we wanted her, my mom, to be very close to my dad since he would go visit all the time, mm-hmm. we looked at the four places, and truthfully, I was overwhelmed, not because of, of knowing my mom was going to be there, but what do we look for? What do we ask? I how do we, we know it's a good one? Yeah, we, we walk into these places and, and you just feel overwhelmed. And I, I've, I've admitted to, to everyone that, you know what, the place we chose, we, we got very lucky because my mom is in an incredible place. They take good care of her. And my dad calls after every visit and says, son, we made great choice. Aww. She's being so well taken care of. But truthfully, we chose the place because it was the place that as my sister got a little emotional saying, yeah, my mom's Alzheimer's is getting worse, blah, 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 blah. And she got a little emotional. And one of the ladies hugged my sister and said, oh, it's okay. And I hugged her. And because of that, that I'm was- like, wow, wait, yeah. I-, I like them. I feel good about them. That's not the reason to choose a place. <laughs> but we got so lucky. But but even though we had, but because of my dad's background in accounting and being a CFO, even though he had talked to us about finances. We had the wills and the, and the power of attorneys all set up. You know, siblings, well, the two of us were talking, you know, mm-hmm. passwords. I've got a list, a two-page list of all of my mom and dad's passwords. I've got all that. So so I was prepared for all that, but you're still so overwhelmed 
because you're not sure what questions to ask or what to look for because you've never been through this before. Mm -hmm. So, so the reason I really wanted to start this mainly was because to help people find those answers. Maybe the answers are different for everyone. I understand that, but to can at least I, get you started. Yeah, on get the, you started. The conversation, you know, Kim, Kim and I use our, our interview expertise to, to post interviews with experts. So you can listen to an expert with an attorney talking about wills and go, oh. Wow, I hadn't really thought about that. Maybe I should try that. Let me talk to my attorney or talk to my friend who's an attorney to get you know take care of that. Or if it's Medicare or Medicaid or mm-hmm. or anything like that, just so you have the questions in mind and, and you feel smart smarter than you used to be because mm-hmm. now you have a little bit of background or knowledge about the situation and you're not so I keep using the word, but just you, it's just it's just overwhelming yeah. when you just feel so so lost in the process. Well, and, and I think that some of it also is just that you don't even know the information that you might need to know about. You don't and know so what it, you don't know, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, so many of the the interviews we've done, frankly, have been a little bit selfish because they're things that I need to know about. I sure. need to help understand what the difference is between a Medicare plan and a Medicare Advantage plan, or I need to understand the difference between home care and home health care. There's a big difference you know, what it does, what it, and who pays for it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of acronyms that, you know, AID is an AIDL of activities of daily living, ADLs, activities <laughs> of daily living. There's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of, you know, all these acronyms. So you just don't even know the topics that you might need to be aware of. And so that's one of the things that we've been, you know, doing interviews from how to resolve conflict within your family to what's a reverse mortgage to what's a, you know, what, what are all of these different things that you might be, that might be something that could help you glean just a little bit of information that either you know, okay, now I know that I need to know more about that and I can go find that, or, huh, okay, that's a little tip I can try, or thank goodness we haven't gone there yet. <laughs> yeah. And these interviews, are they always posted only within your Facebook group or are they on your website as well? They are all on the website. So okay, they yeah. are here for yeah. anybody to, to look at. Yeah, we post them all on the Facebook group, but course, you know, any page in Facebook, it just gets lost and it's hard to find anything. So you can look for it there, but they're all right together on our website, Mm -hmm. which makes it easy to to find. Yeah. It's just parentingagingparents.com. And there you can even, they're done by categories. You can go and search for a term, uh, really easy to find, but there are dozens of interviews there that just all sorts of different topics that again, you might not have even thought that you might want to know about. Well, I mean, it's a perfect compliment to what uh, listeners of this show are already familiar with, which is, I think you called it like you you said something about uh, selfishly wanting to know more about those topics. I mean, there's never been a podcast that's been more selfish than mine. I mean, it's this <laughs> millennial life for a reason. It's all about things that are happening in my life that I want to learn more about. And I learned over the years, similar to what you're saying, that typically if I wanted to know more about it, there were a lot of people that, you know, same generation or same stage of life that wanted to know more. And so we just all are kind of coming together, learning sort of as a group. So I am just uh, really looking forward to going and checking out both the Facebook group for myself, because I have a few questions in mind for my parents, uh, and then checking out all the resources that are available at parentingagingparents.com. And as a reminder for listeners, I will, of course, place a link to both the Facebook group and the website in the show notes. The show notes are available in whatever podcast app you are listening to this podcast on, or you can always find them at this amount millenniallife.com with whatever episode that you're listening to. Before I let you guys go today, is there anything else about parenting, aging parents that I haven't asked you about that you think that people need to be aware of? I think one is in some ways giving yourself a little bit of grace 
that when you are feeling overwhelmed or just confused, that just know that that's normal because you've never done this before, as Mike mentioned. And so just give yourself a little bit of grace and also know that it can be an emotional thing that you're going through because you also have never seen your parents in many cases as not the person that you look to for advice sure. or you would be the one that they would be the one that you'd go to. So just know that it, it can be emotional. It can be sad. It's hard. They don't want to be doing this probably any more than you want them yeah. to be doing you know, that. You don't want them to be doing this mm -hmm. as well. And so just, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace to know that, uh, that you don't have to know all the answers. There are, there are places like our community where you can go and get that support and feel like you're not alone. And give yourself grace, but also don't take it personally. And that's hard to do because when, when I go and visit my mom and I see in her eyes that she doesn't recognize me at first, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. been my mom for more than 50 years and, and she's always been my mom and I love her to death. And the fact that I can see in her eyes that she's like, who is this guy? Yeah. My mom, it, it's me, Mike, your son. And then it gets better and it, it warms up a little bit. Then it's hard not to take it personally, though. It's like, why does she not remember me? Mm -hmm. And she hasn't said my name in years because she doesn't remember it. Mm -hmm. And I've, I don't want to take it personally, but but sometimes it's hard not to. It's like, are you kidding? It's my mom. Yeah. How can you not call me Mike or Michael or Michael John or something like you always have? But don't take it personally when they get upset about something or or they forget something. They don't want to do that, mm -hmm. but you're you're taking the brunt of it. Try not to take it personally mm -hmm. and just realize that, that it comes with, with what they're going through mm -hmm. and do the best for them. Yeah, they, they are, they're likely frustrated that they aren't able to physically do the things that they want to do or mm -hmm. the things that they can, that they mentally want to do. And so it's just that, you know, we don't, we sometimes take out our um, frustrations on the people closest to us. So they likely might, you know, not have nice words for us if we're getting yeah. in their business or, yeah. or, or trying to encourage them. So just having to, you know, not take it personally that if they get frustrated with you or frustrated with themselves, but it's, it's just, it's just, it is a, it is a challenging part of life that we have not ever gone through before. Mm -hmm. And so just know that if you can find the support that you need, it hopefully will just make it a little easier. It doesn't solve the problems, but at least helps you feel like you've got the support that you need and hopefully make it a little bit easier. Yeah. Well, thank you for what you guys are doing to actually make it easier for people to find that support and find those resources. Uh, give them one more time, the website and the Facebook group. And um, just thank you so much for joining me. Well, we're so glad to be here. The easiest place to go is just to the website, parentingagingparents.com. You'll have access to all the interviews that we've done, as well as there's a button right there that'll take you right to the Facebook group so that you don't have to try to search around in Facebook. It'll take you right to it and you can answer a couple of questions and join the group. Yeah. Again, it's a private Facebook group, so it's not like just anybody can get in there. It's very open so you can vent and you can say anything you want because it's private and you get lots of support in whatever you say. Very supportive non-judgmental, exactly. which is what we, which is what our goal is. Wonderful. Mike, Kim, thank you so much. I've had just, has been a pleasure having you on today. It has been our pleasure being with you. Good to be here. Okay, that wraps up my interview with Mike and Kim. I'm going to take a commercial break. I hope you'll stick around for the odds and ends ending of today's show. Hey there, in today's commercial break, I just want to take a quick 
2nd to remind you that I'm getting ready to launch my Sugar Detox Challenge, and it is free to all listeners of ThisUnMillennialLife.com. If you would like to join the other people who have already signed up to participate in the Sugar Detox Challenge with me, all you have to do is go to ThisUnMillennialLife.com slash Sugar Detox Challenge. When I get ready to launch the challenge, the people on that list will be the first to know and will be receiving daily updates from me with helpful tips, information, recipes, insights, recommended products. It's going to be a comprehensive way to get a handle on getting out some of the added sugar that's in your daily diet. Again, if you want to join us for the Sugar Detox Challenge, do that by going to thisamillennialife.com slash Sugar Detox Challenge. That link is in the show notes. Okay, welcome back. Here at the end of today's episode, I want to give you a reminder. I feel like in this episode, I've given you a lot of reminders about previous episodes. But you know, this is this unmillennial life. This is about my life. And my life has a continuation in this year of things that have happened in previous years. And I'm sure that yours does as well. But if you'll remember a few seasons back, I took a trip over to Atlanta to a DEXA fit scanning operation over there. And in addition to getting a complete DEXA done where I learned about you know, my bone density and my percent body fat also did a metabolic study where they were able to tell me how much at that time uh, at rest, how much uh, percentage wise fat I was burning and how much uh, carbohydrate I was burning. And I learned in that uh, experience that I was actually pretty metabolically flexible, which was was kind of exciting. And, and metabolic flexibility for people who have been around and close to me for a while, you've probably heard me talk about it. Uh, it's not something that I sp- focus a tremendous amount of time on, but it is something that I've talked about in the past. It's really that uh, ability of your body uh, in times when you're eating less, you're not, you know, you're either fasting or you're not eating for your body to to switch on and start burning fat. And that's that's really a good thing, right? Because we spend a lot of time eating and in, in this this current day and age and in our country, we, we probably spend a little too much time eating uh, in terms of just the overall amount of food uh, that we're consuming for, for many people. I shouldn't say that for everybody, but for a lot of people, we're eating too early in the morning, we're eating too late at night, we're snacking too much in the middle of the day, and we're just constantly kind of feeding ourselves. Well, doing that, and especially with an excess of calories, can prime your body to be in a position where it preferentially only wants to burn carbohydrate, which is the the food that the macro, so to speak, that your body does prefer. Our bodies do prefer to burn carbohydrate. But what you need in terms of to be uh, more metabolically flexible is your body to be able to be willing to go and burn fat when the carbohydrate is not readily available. And that just really helps in terms of doing things like keeping blood sugar stable, keeping energy stable really is what I should say, and tapping into fat stores, which is a big, big deal, tapping into fat stores so that they're not accumulating and ultimately leading to overweight and obesity. Now, I remind you about that episode one, in case you want to go back and listen to it. But most importantly, because I'm going to tell you today about a device that I heard dietitians talking about, and I looked into myself and have given a trial run. And I want to tell you about it because it's a handheld device for personal use called a Lumen that helps you determine in a given instance of time, whether you are primarily burning fat or whether you are primarily burning carbohydrate or 
if you're burning a combination of the two. And I'm not going to go into the science about how this works. It really has to do with carbo, uh, excuse me, CO2 exchange that's happening based on, you know, whether or not you're burning carbohydrate or whether or not you're burning fat. But just suffice to say that that's how the, the technology works. And this little handheld device, I don't know exactly what you would say that it looks like. It's bigger than a vape pen, <laughs> but um, smaller than, say, uh, no, maybe a little larger than an asthma inhaler. So somewhere in, in that range, a very sleek looking black device it's called a Lumen. And you can uh, get one of these Lumens and use it to determine where you are at a given point in time in your day. Uh, and over the course of many days, weeks, and months to see how it kind of shifts to see, you know, if you are fairly metabolically flexible. Now, I want to say up front, as I'm sharing this with you, I was given this lumen for for free by the company. That's important for you to know. Um, I did use it. I have used it. I used it for a few different days. They have a very, very sleek app that goes along with it. Um, it's extremely easy to use. It's plug and play right out of the box. I found the insights to be fairly interesting. Um, they have a lot of coaching within the app, some of which I think if you are someone who is fairly new to nutrition and the concept of metabolic flexibility is probably pretty helpful and insightful. Um, if you are someone who works with a registered dietitian or has worked with a registered dietitian, some of it you may kind of already be familiar with. But I think that there is some good support there. Now, that's the, you know, sort of disclosure part of how I came to have a lumen and use it. Uh, now I want to give you sort of the balanced side that in talking to a fellow registered dietitian uh, about this device, he issued some concern to me that he wasn't sure that he thought it had a practical application for the everyday consumer. And so it kind of got me thinking about whether or not it would be something that I should share with you. Um, but I'm a big believer that more information is better and that it's really up to you to determine whether or not something is a good fit for you and your lifestyle. There are a lot of people out there right now who are obsessed with biohacking. And I would say that this is a device that goes along that avenue of thinking, of biohacking, of getting very granular with the knowledge about your metabolism and your overall health. I was one of those people. And then 2021 happened. And I say that because, as you know, with what I went through with my health in 2021, I don't seem to be as interested in obsessing these days about the granular parts of my health. Uh, I think that's because I had to get super granular in 2021 in a way that I didn't really want to. And still to this day, I will, because of my genetics, I'll pretty much lead the rest of my life with every six months being monitored to see if my cancer's returned. So I don't know that the lumen for me personally on a day-to-day -day basis is going to be something that I am locked in on to look at for my personal metabolism. To be very honest with you, I'm extremely happy with where I am right now. It's such a wonderful feeling to have gone through what I've gone through and be back working out and to be eating healthfully. 
Um, I do find it interesting to kind of check in after a really uh, heavy carbohydrate night and maybe see the next morning, am I still burning a lot of carbohydrate? Or if I've been through a pretty low carb breakfast and get later in the day, I might check in on the lumen with the lumen rather and see, am I mostly burning fat? And I find that very fascinating and interesting. But that's really more of just like a snapshot here or there for me. Um, if you though are someone who really is struggling, you feel like to tap into your fat stores. If you are someone who seems to be an intense carbohydrate craver, the first thing that I would tell you to do is to do what I told you to do in the commercial break. And that is sign up for my sugar detox challenge. I think that's the first change that you can make. Uh, and we can take it from there on other things that you can do after the detox challenge is over with. But if you are someone who seems to be a heavy carbohydrate craver, uh, you might consider a device like this, that might be something that can also help you figure out, you know, am I waking up every morning burning carbohydrate? Am I burning just carbohydrate through the day? Am I never tapping into fat stores? The Lumen does a really good job of kind of coaching you, hey, this might need to be a low carb day for you. And I think that that's what's probably interesting about it. The last thing that I would say, though, big, big picture, and this is the hindsight that you have after what I've been through, is don't let this overwhelm you. Don't let this become an obsession. I think I try to do a really good job on this podcast um, of giving you a wide variety of nutrition topics uh, to consider. But the perspective is, is that this unmillennial life, your unmillennial life is about more than nutrition. And even sitting here today with what I've been through, I can say life is about more than just your health. <laughs> and it's important to have it. And when you don't have it, you really, really want it. But you can obsess over it, over it to the point where everything else gets put on a back burner. And if you ever unfortunately find yourself or someone that you love sitting in a chair, receiving a diagnosis like I did, you'll look back on some of those days and kind of probably wish that you had some of that time that you obsessed uh, back, or at least I did. Okay, so that all being said, I do think, however, this is a device that would be insightful for many of you. And if it's something that you're interested in looking into, I want to give you the opportunity to get a discount for being a listener of this Unmillennial Life podcast. You can get $30 off your order of a Lumen by going to thisunmillennialife.com slash Lumen and using the code Reagan30 at checkout. Okay, so let me walk you through again. That's thisunmillennialife.com slash Lumen, L-U-M-E-N, and the code is Reagan, R-E-G-A-N, 30, and that will get you a $30 discount off of your Lumen purchase. Okay, that's it for me today. I want to thank you so much for tuning in, listening, subscribing, downloading, doing all of those wonderful things. If you've been around for a while and you've done all those things, but you've never left a review, can I ask you to do that for me as a personal favor? One of the ways that people discover this podcast is through reviews. And I really would appreciate it if you take would take the time to leave a positive five-star review for this podcast. It will help others to discover it. Or if that's not your speed, just share it with a friend. That is how so many of my listeners come to this show is because a friend just like you shared it with someone just like them. Okay, that's it for this episode. I'll be back soon with another one. I hope you're doing well. Take care. Have a great week. Ooh, ooh.